while police photographing our license plate. What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Good afternoon and welcome to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando. My guest today uh, has not been a guest very often on this show, but on other radio shows of mine, and has certainly become, as we were just agreeing, a very dear friend, and definitely, dare I say, colleagues in a an amazingly important uh, mission, and that is to end Alzheimer's. My guest is Sue Friedman, the president and CEO of the Alzheimer's Association in Central and Western Virginia. I did not know Sue Friedman when my parents were going through Alzheimer's, but I certainly wish I had. Sue Friedman, how are you? I am fine. How are you? I'm good today. I'm feeling very good, by the way, about knowing you and about having you on the show today. It just, uh, as I was telling you before we came on, it just something just hit me this morning that... Uh, but I I want to start off in case people are out there wondering because I see a lot of uh, TV commercials lately about you know jellyfish and magic pills and all of this as a cure for Alzheimer's without getting either one of us in trouble. What do you what what should we the public be thinking about those kinds of commercials? Marcello, I'm I'm almost tripping over your words because I'm so anxious to um, share that information. Um, it is true. I've just seen a second one. There's one that's been happening for quite a while, and I've seen a second commercial. Mm-hmm. The second one is quite troubling because it talks about uh, proven to improve memory and cognition mm. through nine human clinical trials, but. Um, the backstory to that is the, quote, clinical trials were done, um, I believe, in Korea a decade ago, uh-huh. a long time ago. Uh-huh. And um, there is no um, study that has been validated by the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration. There is no study that is part of trial match or clinical trials.gov. And so as with many of the supplements, nutritional and food supplements, as they are called, um, we advise people to be very careful about um, adding them to their mix of medicines, Mm. to always check with your doctor, always, um, about their viewpoint on that. Because while they're not drugs that truly have been proven to do what they say they do, they do not improve memory and cognition, according to the Food and Drug Administration here in the United States which is the authority for um, drug effectiveness and Mm -hmm. drug safety. Mm -hmm. Um, But they may have some unexpected or unintended consequence with your other vitamins and supplements and prescription drugs. Yes. So we absolutely would encourage people um, not to um, make that purchase until they've checked with their own healthcare provider about uh, what they may believe. I know the latest one uh, is around silkworms. Now, I have never known silkworms Mm. to be a part of the suggested 
uh, avenue for um, Alzheimer's or dementia treatment, mm -hmm. but um, this is the claim that's being made. So I think it's like as much as I've worked in television and directed and taught actors how and what to do on television, I always say, but don't believe everything you see on television, <laughs> you know, because yeah. well, just I guess are we still in the stages, Sue, of, of hoping we can find some way of slowing it down? I know we were in that stage when I first discovered, oh, some 15 years ago that my parents had Alzheimer's. The best I could be uh, promised was this medication may slow it down. Have we gotten beyond that? We're still very uh, optimistic that that may indeed be the uh, track that treatment takes. And with the addition of um, treating uh, the potential disease so that the symptoms never appear. Mm -hmm. You know, as we've talked in the past, yes. that with the PET scan, we can now see what we call the bad actors, mm -hmm. the beta amyloid plaque, and now with the new PET scan, we can see the tau tangles in the human brain literally decades before someone has memory loss wow. or any of the symptoms. So that gives us a wide window of time, certainly 10 years, but generally more than 10 years to impact that, that, what we're seeing in the brain so that it never moves into the symptomatic point. In many ways, it, it's like what we've uh, known with heart disease in that you may well have high blood pressure. Mm. You may well have high cholesterol, but we treat those so that they don't develop into that heart disease. Mm -hmm. So we are thinking uh, the, the more of the research or the latest research, I should say, is pointing toward preventing ever reaching that intersection where yeah. uh, the point of no return. I see. Excellent. Yeah. I know yeah. you've mentioned that before, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that still full speed ahead. Because our goal, one of our many goals, yours and mine and the Alzheimer's Association, is to make people aware of what it is exactly as early as possible. There are different types, different degrees. I, I just think we can never say it enough. Can you, can you give people an explanation? People 40 years and under, why should they know about Alzheimer's? Our tagline now is Alzheimer's Association, our wonderful logo, and under it, the brain's behind saving yours. Yes. Yours being everybody. Yes. Everybody but the brain is now at risk of Alzheimer's. And in fact, unfortunately, more and more people are beginning to realize this, that yes, we've made great strides in cancer research, mm -hmm. in diabetes, in AIDS, HIV, in heart disease, in Parkinson's, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. But we have not seen that progress in Alzheimer's disease and mm. dementia. And because of that, we may well um, age gracefully and move into our older years free of those other diseases only to be struck down by Alzheimer's. Yes. How cruel is that? Yes, yes. And so uh, everyone with a brain, and I will tell you, and Marcella, you've seen this with me, the, the grandchildren... Yes. Uh, people affected by Alzheimer's are now beginning to jump up and down and say, wait a minute, I don't want to lose my grandparent this way. I don't want to see my parents go through what they're going through to try to be good, caring caregivers. Mm -hmm. And I don't want it myself. So from the younger person point of view, as you said, the person under 40, there's three good reasons yes. to be involved in this fight. So are we encouraged by uh, younger people uh, coming out re and rejecting denial of it and, and, and embracing the need to be aware and to, to, to contribute in some way, whether it's money or, or time or events, to make people aware that this is something we have? Because Alzheimer's is not a solo. Alzheimer's is a family event. Talk to us, Sue. Uh, underscore what you said uh, at the very end, Alzheimer's is a family event. It is a family disease. And actually, as the disease progresses, it becomes a disease more impactful on the caregiver. You know, that yes. statistic continues to hold up that one in three primary caregivers dies before their loved one with Alzheimer's. So this is an unusual disease in mm. that, yes, it absolutely impacts the 
person with diagnosis, but in many ways, as the disease progresses, it impacts those around them more, yes. and it becomes their disease. So, yes, we're very encouraged by the young people, by the Who's for Memory, by the Sigma Kappa sorority, uh, by the many, many groups that are coming out uh, and being supportive of fundraising and awareness raising, but also they can be supportive of research. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got our dating service for research called Trial Match, and in fact, um, I was just visiting that research website for the Alzheimer's Association. You know, for someone who is interested in keeping abreast of what's going on, our um, research center is excellent. Mm. We look at where we are now, what is the hope for the future, what are the various drug treatments that are in trials, where are they at, the various things we're looking at, like inflammation, mm-hmm. like tau, like beta amyloid. Um, and so um, it's a great way to keep uh, on top of the research that's happening. And then, of course, the Alzheimer's Association International Conference on Research is in July each year. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be um, in July, and we'll get, hopefully, some good results. I will say we don't expect the, the big answer this year. Mm-hmm. I think next year we have a number of phase three, which is the final level of mm-hmm. clinical trials, coming to a reporting point, and we expect in 2018 very seriously, we expect to have something that will be newly released on the market and that will either prevent that symptomatic um, journey of the disease or markedly slow the progression of the disease. Those are the two areas that we're looking at um, most hopefully for our research results uh, in 2018. But there will be some interim results in 2017 to tell us we are on the right path. Mm. And again, to make that clear uh, to to everyone, one of the things you are describing is the research that has found what, when these two different, I'm just going to call them items, you can give them their correct name, but just for the layman out there, there are two things that when they intersect, create the worst scenario for Alzheimer's. And one of the research paths is becoming uh, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, if I dare go that far, that they can prevent those two items, those two uh, things from connecting. And if and if that connection is prevented, then the loss of memory does not take place. Is that too vague, or you you tell me? No, you you said it quite accurately, Marcello. Um, we know the bad actors. We call them the bad actors. Yes. The beta amyloid that turns into plaque, yes. the protein. The tau that turns into tangles, another protein in the brain. And what, what the result of both of those activities is, is neuron death. Mm-hmm. And when you have neuron death, you lose memory pathways. Okay? Yes. And so what we know is they are the bad actors. Mm-hmm. They are present in Alzheimer's disease. What is the trigger, though? That's what we're working on. If you're exactly right, you're calling it the intersection. What is the trigger? Because there are people who have too much beta amyloid plaque in their brain and never get the symptoms. Mm. And so why is that? Yes. <laughs> you know, so, so we now know that beta amyloid must be present. Beta mm. amyloid plaque must be present to develop into Alzheimer's disease. But something else triggers that and so looking at that trigger is it inflammation is it insulin resistance is it a combination of lifestyle factors not enough sleep Mm. eating the wrong food Mm. not exercising what is the trigger that is causing the symptoms to then appear for what we would call the clinical um, aspects of the disease all right, we're going to go soon, but not right away, uh, uh, to a break. But I want to say be- before, and we'll do it again in the next segment, tell us uh, about the hotline at the Alzheimer's Association where one can get more information. Absolutely, and it, it's so important, I think, Marcello, to continue to share 1-800-272-3900. Because when someone has a question or is ready to 
walk out themselves mm-hmm. as a caregiver, um, they need immediate assistance. Yes. They need immediate resources and options. And that is what we do at the 800 number. So I cannot undersell the importance of the 800 number. And then the other thing we've now created is a group of six online tools from mm. blogs to uh, family shared calendars. And so at the Caregiver Center at ALZ.org, huge resources for families, whether you live close by or far away, mm. um, that, that families can use to try to put some structure and some... Um, um, parameters around what this disease does to the family. And I'd like to say one thing. I know you just said this, but it it, it really hit me. Um, all the things that uh, I make a point always, you know, that there are still physical issues with aging and you can't ignore those and think when you focus so much, as I did, focused so much on my parents' mental issues with Alzheimer's, you still had to be careful of the, the physical ramifications of, of uh, first of all, if, they're not, if you're not moving too much, there isn't that exercise that's so essential. So, But, um, but you said something that just reminded me, supposing you survive, uh, there is no cancer, there is no uh, of the other, or the heart disease, there are no, none of these great physical challenges only to end up with Alzheimer's. So uh, I don't say that to to depress people or to frighten them, but when Sue said that, and she said it to me before, but it just sort of hit me because I, I, had, to, I had to cross those bridges so often with my parents. Um, I, I, I want us to, well, let's take a break, but there's just so much more to talk about because uh, not only the research and how you can get involved, but also... Um, the the various wonderful steps that are taking place, things that have happened in June that are happening in July and also in the fall. So we will be right back. Please stay with us. We're talking to Sue Friedman, the uh, president and CEO of the Alzheimer's Association in Central and Western Virginia. And remember, five million is it over five million families are living? Oh, Go ahead. It's over five million, and every sixty-six seconds, a new person gets this diagnosis. So we're talking about something that affects every brain in the world. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Andy Film Minute. Depicting life with all its subtle nuance is no small feat. Keen observation and deep appreciation of human nature are essential to the purpose. And we can be thankful that writer-director Iris Sachs holds these qualities as we enjoy the unfolding of his lovely film, Love is Strange. Ben, John Lithgow, and George Alfred Molina have been a couple for 39 years. They complete each other. They have good friends, love the arts, and relish the moments of their lives. With times changed, they decide to make things official. Their relationship was never hidden, but marriage proves a bridge too far, and Ben loses his long-held job within the Catholic Church. Living abundant lives but without wealth, this loss of income leads to a loss of their home. Ben and George are taken in separately by friends. Deep poignancy is experienced as this perfect whole of a couple is separated into two incomplete halves searching for a way forward. On one level, this elegant story reminds us of the difficulties experienced by those in the winter of their lives, especially those without abundant resource. But more than that, Love is Strange shares with us a moving portrait of humanity in all of its beautiful imperfection. Love is Strange. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. My guest today, my good friend, Sue Friedman, the president and CEO of the Alzheimer's Association in Central and Western Virginia, which is a pretty huge chapter, is it not, Sue? It is. There are four chapters in Virginia. Uh, We have about 25% of the population of Virginia 
but we do have 50% of the geography. Wow. So we have 37 counties. We go uh, down to the North Carolina border, over to Tennessee and West Virginia, and then up to uh, Northern Virginia's territory. Basically, the 29 and 81 corridors is what we uh, describe ourselves as. That's quite a that's quite a uh, swath of land. Is there a difference? Is. Uh, is there a difference? Do you find in um, levels of reception, denial, uh, illness? Lack of sleep. Any any differences in you in such a, a large area as you go out? Because I know you do an awful lot of actual physical travel to these different areas and conferences, etc. Are you running into sort of different challenges in different places? Yes and no. I think where there is medical expertise, where there are uh, geriatricians and psychiatrists, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, psychiatrists and uh, neurologists in the area, we tend to see more awareness and more um, easier acceptance Mm. of the disease. Mm -hmm. But in an awful lot of the more rural areas, you just don't have those specialty medical experts around. And so, um, you know, we have family care doctors and, and general practice doctors who legitimately has very little exposure to Alzheimer's and dementia in their medical career. Mm. And so it's, it, you know, it's not something that they're um, very um, knowledgeable about because they haven't been trained and been exposed to it. And so we do find that when you get away from uh, a robust medical community area, um, there seems to be uh, an increased amount of um, people who are simply unaware of the difference between normal aging and what is uh, absolutely a concern that mm-hmm. needs to be investigated and could end up being a, a dementia or Alzheimer's. And But even in those areas where we have, um, you know, good um, medical community, as we do here at the University of Virginia um, health system, uh, you still have families who um, remember the hardening of the arteries mm-hmm. and the senility yes. and the old, they're just getting older. Yes. And it may well be that true, um, but again, if uh, someone's memory challenges, judgment and memory challenges are um, impeding their everyday life, uh, then we have to consider that it is it is not normal aging mm-hmm. and encourage people to uh, to monitor themselves and ask their family members to, to write down things that they notice. And then that mentioned those to our physician. Because, you know, Marcello, we talked about this, and I think one of the reasons um, 30 years ago, I'm barely old enough to remember, of course, but mm. 30 years ago, I remember mm. cancer was the big C, uh-huh. and people didn't want to know. Yes. They yes. just didn't want to know if they had cancer, so they never mentioned anything to their doctor. Oh, they had noticed the whole symptoms, but they would never mention anything because they simply didn't want to know. And I think we, we have some of that going on with Alzheimer's. People are afraid of it. Yes. And there is nothing to do to mm-hmm. solve it, as there wasn't 30 years ago with cancer. So rather than try to rule out Alzheimer's, which uh, the memory and aging clinic at the University of Virginia is very clear that when someone comes in with concerns about their memory and their cognitive um, skills, they don't immediately say, oh, that's Alzheimer's. Mm, No, mm -hmm. no. You know, the the testing that one goes through is to help rule out Alzheimer's. It could be depression. It could be a vitamin deficiency, Mm. B12 in particular. It could be that unexpected consequence of over-the-counter drugs and prescription drugs. Yes. It could be um, taking too much Benadryl. There's a lot of things that can be involved in creating symptoms that look like uh, cognitive and memory problems, Hmm. uh, but don't necessarily turn out to be Alzheimer's. So to come full circle, yes, we see a lot of reluctance around the entire area, whether you're in a city, a town, or out in the um, far woods area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of it, I think, is that people are just afraid to have it said. Mm-hmm. They're afraid to hear the words because they don't know what they'll do. But 
Marcello. They call the Alzheimer's Association. That's what they do. Yes. And that 800 number again? 800-272-3900. Yes. Now tell us, I know, um, not that there's a day or a month that uh, the Alzheimer's Association and you aren't busy uh, getting the word out and, and, uh, and, and trying to educate people, but in June, June is a big month, the longest day. Um, uh, what, how was June 2017? June 2017 was the busiest June I have experienced in 10 years with the association. Wow. Of course, it, it is newly, this is our fourth year, it's Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month, as you will. It is, it is Alzheimer's Month in June. Yes. It is also the, uh, date for the longest day. Yes. So the longest day is, is particularly meaningful to an awful lot of individuals. The longest day is uh, taking summer solstice, which yes. is June 21st for this year and the next two years. It will be June 21st, mm-hmm. and which is the longest day of the year. And it's, the association wants to put a spotlight on what Alzheimer's is like for caregivers. Yes. It is the longest day every day yes when you're dealing with a loved one who has alzheimer's or dementia and so it's an awareness and a fundraising opportunity we had uh, nearly 30 different teams in the region uh, every staff member had a team and we did exciting things like i spent two mondays at sedona tap house mm-hmm. for stakeout for charity and i spent a lovely longest day at Pearl's Bake Shop, mm-hmm. um, where she made specialty cupcakes um, for the longest day. And at Pearl's, she donated $1,300 for that oh. one day. Wow. And then we had uh, activities out at Child's Orchard. We had a pancake breakfast with mm-hmm. Mary Sandwich leading that. Uh, we had uh, Rock on the Rooftop out in Crozet. It's a new rooftop restaurant. Yes. And uh, Ellen Phipps was coordinating that. Uh, here in town, we had Bob Stroh um, bicycling and Mike Krantz also bicycling. But just a lot of people doing something they loved in order to honor um, caregiving and someone in their life. We had a special dine and donate at Trevinia. Mm. Um, so an awful lot of the local businesses came stepped up and yes. supported us. And, uh, and I will tell you, Marcello, out at the rooftop in Crozet, um, um, amount of money was raised, and the owners personally doubled that. Oh, wow. Wow. And I think what I see, they, they, and these are people in your under 40 age group, mm-hmm. and I think what we see more and more, Marcello, is this disease is impacting people personally. Yes. And they want to be part of the solution. And right now, three ways to be part of the solution. Help awareness, help fundraising, and help research. Because we will have the solution. There's mm-hmm. no question. Mm-hmm. And we want it sooner rather than later. But so June is um, in the books as a wildly successful opportunity for us to raise that awareness, raise engagement, raise funds to continue increasing our programs which more and more people need. Mm. And what's coming next? I know July, I mean, well, the full calendar year, but uh, tell us about what's what's ahead of us in July and in the fall. Well, July, of course, we turn our focus to Walk to End Alzheimer's, that signature annual opportunity to, again, raise awareness and raise funds. It's October 28th. Mm-hmm. in Charlottesville. We're going to be at the X Park. We're in a new location. Mm-hmm. So we're very excited about that. And in order to uh, encourage people to uh, learn more about the association and get excited and get involved in the walk, we're going to be doing a lot of media work. And mm. in particular, and you have a little insight into this, Marcello, mm. for the first time ever, we are producing our own YouTube programming. Oh, yes. So what 
Yes, what we are doing is producing um, four different 60-second YouTube films. We're going to, of course, release them on YouTube and across all of our social media. We're going to submit them for Academy Awards. Well, you know, we're going to do it all. It's a con film festival. But what we're doing is using these videos as another way to increase awareness about caregiving, about getting involved, about the cost, both emotional and financial, of Alzheimer's. Mm. Again, continuing to debunk the notion that Alzheimer's is somehow part of normal aging. And you know, there is the point. It is not a part of normal aging. There are things that we no. do that encourage it to happen. Uh, so if it's not the natural, if it's not the norm to have Alzheimer's, what do we need to do, Sue, to avoid? What are the positive choices we can make? I know getting sleep is one of them, exercise, the kind of diet, but uh, dig in a little bit and give us some specifics, if you will. I will. As everyone, I am sure, knows by now, and if they don't, go to the website and find it. We have the 10 Ways to Love Your Brain. It's mm. a cutesy title. But the bottom line is we know 10 very specific ways mm. that can help delay Alzheimer's disease. We can't prevent, but we know 10 ways to delay onset. Mm -hmm. And, of course, number one is exercise. Mm -hmm. Exercise, exercise, exercise. Um, and then the other nine include eating a, a, a diet that's a Mediterranean-based diet or the low blood pressure diet, mm -hmm. a diet that's very strong in the greens, the beans, the oils, uh, the fish, mm. so eating the right kind of diet. Um, you mentioned sleep. Sleep is emerging as a potentially critical component of um, Alzheimer's disease avoidance, in this case delaying, mm -hmm. eating the right length of sleep, but also the right quality of mm. sleep. Mm -hmm. Very important. You know, what you and I are doing social interaction yes. it cannot be understated how um, dangerous to the cognitive health it can be to live alone yes so if one is living alone and a lot of people are we know this if one is living alone you must manufacture ways mm. to be socially connected yes. uh, skype is a social connection telephone is a social connection Church is a social connection. Yes. Bridge club. Mm. So you must find ways to, to socially connect yourself. Very important for the brain. Because as we think about it, the brain has to do lots of different things to carry on a conversation. Yes, yes. And yeah, I think you've told me before, if you are also talking with people and doing something, the combination of that triggers the brain as well, stimulates the brain. Is that true? Absolutely. That's a twofer. And then you and I have talked about you can make it a threefer mm. by ex walking and talking, but walking a different route that yes. causes your brain to have to learn and do new things. And if you and, and folks, if you're listening out there and you're not quite saying, oh, how could that make a difference? I drive uh, different. Uh, well, I just do that because I love driving on the back roads, but I take different routes to the radio station. And part of the reason I do it uh, is because of conversations with Sue. And I notice, first of all, anything can happen on any road. Uh, if you're taking a different road in addition to that, you you see something differently. A, a different situation develops, different weather. And your brain, when you, when you really think about it and watch it, your brain is constantly making decisions, constantly taking in information. And that's, what you, that's a lot of what you need to be doing. You need to be stimulating it, not just sitting at home watching television. I don't think sitting and watching television is one of those stimulators you were talking about. Is it, Sue? Unless you no no <laughs> if, if you're wa if you're playing Lumosity on your computer while you're on your treadmill maybe yes <laughs> but, but no sitting at home watching television other than potentially learning something new mm -hmm. but you know uh, 
walk back and forth. I've done this. Mm -hmm. I have one of those trackers now, and by golly, I will get my steps in. So I might well watch a movie, but I walk around my room yeah, while uh -huh. I'm watching. Uh -huh. don't, don't have to sit. You know, but another couple uh, items from the 10 ways to love your brain, avoid head trauma. Oh, now, yes. this sometimes is not always easy to do, but there is becoming a much stronger correlation between early a concussion mm. or unconsciousness due to a fall mm -hmm. and later development of Alzheimer's. And we see this most particularly with the NFL Players Association yes. and with returning veterans. Yes. So head trauma is a is something we want to avoid at all times. So if one is bicycling or riding a motorcycle, mm -hmm. one would wear a helmet, yes. period. Yes. You know? And then, of course, no tobacco use cannot uh, cannot connect tobacco use with being healthy and, uh, and uh, delaying Alzheimer's disease. So mm. want to leave that one aside. And we've touched on it, but I think it deserves its own special recognition, is learning new things. Yes. And so if you don't know how to swim, learn to swim. Mm. If you don't play an instrument, take one up. Yes. And you can take one up when you're 80. Mm -hmm. um, if you uh, if take up bridge, if you've always, and I hear this all the time, well, I do crossword puzzles, and I've done them for 30 years. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. But as you said with your route to work, the brain, your brain, now understands crossword puzzles inside and out. Yes. Is it a robust exercise? No. No. It's not. So try Sudoku. Try some other form. Intermix them with your crossword puzzles. Yes. And so, or do your crossword puzzle uh, with your left hand if you're right-handed. Yes. You know, <laughs> think of ways to mix it up for your brain. And uh, so the 10 ways to love your brain is really critical. It, and again, whether you're two years old or 102 years old, it is for you. Exactly. Exactly. Tell us again. Now, we can find this on the website, and the website's easy to remember, but give it to us again, Sue. ALZ.org, and if you do backslash CWVA, Central Western Virginia, um, it's on the home page, both the 10 warning signs and the 10 ways to love your brain, but I'll bet if you Google 10 ways to love your brain, you'll find it as well. It, it will come up, yes, I've done that. Um, and there, there'll be other, you know, there are other, there's always plenty that Sue and I can t uh, talk about and share concerning Alzheimer's. I'm we don't have a lot of time left, but uh, what we are trying to do is to give you information so that you are able to deal with preventing what I went through with my parents as opposed to my situation. I didn't know, Sue, didn't know what I needed to know, and I was in the midst of it trying to, to learn as I go. You want to know, not deny. You want to know all you can about Alzheimer's disease, dementia. You want to go to the ALZ.org. You want to call the hotline. Uh, there are other numbers. If it's not an emergency, there are. You give sort of um, uh, conferences. You talk to uh, people as well, Sue. Yes. Uh, tell us about well, that. Our number, we've just completed a robust look at all of our services. Okay. And the number one valued service is a care consultation. Yes. And that's the opportunity for the person diagnosed and anyone they want, family, friends, faith leaders, whoever you want, to come with you and meet with our social worker or our gerontologist. We have both on staff. And not only are we going to provide some Alzheimer's 101 education, yes. but we're going to help you see what's on the horizon, what, yes. what to be expected in three months, in six months, in a year. And we've got a wonderful uh, timeline, a caregiver notebook. We've got a lot of tools yes. that we can share with families and with the team. And then we also are going to emphasize that this is not a disease that one caregiver can handle alone. That's true. That's very true. Yes. We need the team. We need the village. So let's begin to think in the beginning. Who's part of the team? Who's part of the village? And what each is assigned to do and when. Work out a schedule. Exactly. You know. Exactly. You know, you mentioned something that I want to emphasize. This is a disease that none of us can, uh, can um, 
afford to avoid mm. because deaths from Alzheimer's disease since 2000 have increased by 89 percent. Wow. Whereas deaths from heart disease have decreased by 14 percent. And we see what happens when there's focus, when there's awareness, mm-hmm. when there's uh, a, not a stigma and not denial. Um, if everyone listening were to call up or write their congressmen and their senators and say, I want more research money for Alzheimer's so we have the answers, that would be very impactful. Because right now, we get a very small part of the national federal research budget because people don't hear that this is a priority. I hear you. Thank you. And I want to throw out, I'd like to emphasize that Please, it's it's really relatively easy to get a hold of the telephone number of your representative and your senators, um, uh, you know, right online. It's not a, a difficult thing to do. Give them a call. They won't necessarily answer. And by the way, Tom Garrett, uh, Congressman Tom Garrett, uh, I put in a couple of calls to have you on radio. I understand you like my news broadcasts. I'd like to talk to you about Alzheimer's. Uh, so, Sue... We have had a marvelous conversation as as usual. It brings back many many memories and and the joy of um, trying to to uh, help the road be a little smoother for others. I know you are in that full time business, and every time I get to talk to you, I realize there's so much more all of us can do. As you say, you're in the business, the brains in the business of saving your brains, everybody's brains. Sue, any final word? Give us that October date one more time, the website, the emergency number, and then I guess we'll have to go. Okay, absolutely. October 28th, Walk 10 to Alzheimer's in Charlottesville, Virginia. And the website, simple website, alz.org. You put in your zip code, it takes you right to Central and Western Virginia. And then, of course, 800 272 3900 and I will tell you that every hour in this country the government spends 20 million dollars on Alzheimer's caregiving and we have to change that yes yes okay thank you so very much Sue Friedman the president and CEO of the Alzheimer's Association in Central and Western Virginia a good friend dedicated to this uh, this challenge to this to this uh, solution-oriented course that is being taken, Walk to End Alzheimer's and all the other events. Is there, by any chance, a a conference scheduled for caregivers at this point that we might tell people? Uh, There is one in um, Roanoke on November 28th. That we know we have coming. And then in the spring, there will be conferences in Danville and Culpeper, in Charlottesville and in Harrisonburg. Excellent. I'm glad we hit that point because I'm always uh, fond of remembering the time that you invited me to be a part of a panel at the Paramount Theater in Charlottesville. I was so impressed with the number of people who showed up, but even more impressed with the questions they had, and it was all about how do we prepare, and that's what the Alzheimer's Association is all about, and these these conferences for caregivers. In any case, once again, thank you so much, Sue Friedman, for being on the show and for all that you do. Greatly appreciate it and wishing you all the best. Bye now. Thank you, Marcello. You're part of the solution. Thank you for saying that. It means a lot. Okay, off we go to save. Bye now. Stay with us as we'll be right back with a final comment from The Reasonable Voice. Another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. We came across Butter in a local film festival. We were very lucky, as its one week in theaters certainly didn't gain it much attention. Jennifer Garner stars as Laura, an ambitious Iowan with an I'm better than you core, naked political ambition, and, shall we say, a metrosexual husband? One can't help but appreciate the politically satiric wink toward those who remember Michelle Bachman. 
The plot is overly simple. Laura's husband is a legendary butter carver, winning the state fair competition so many times in a row, it's time to step aside. This development horrifies Laura, who sees his celebrity as central to her ambitions. So she will step in, win the competition, and rise to new heights. Of course, this won't be so easy, given the emergence of a child prodigy, Butter Carver, and the entry of Brooke, played by Olivia Wilde, a scene-stealing hooker owed money by Laura's husband. The value here is in the pervasive offbeat humor. Often close, but never mean-spirited, this tongue-in-cheek tale is smart. Maybe too unusual for the mainstream and lacking the depth of those serious indies, this butter is slathered on thick, and it's darn good. Butter. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Find us on the web at IndieFilmMinute.com. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard around the world. Nouns that are more important than Putin and Trump's. World to the Trump. There are more noteworthy persons, places, things, states of mind, and character qualities in heaven and on earth than are dreamt of in the philosophy of judicial nationalists, congressional isolationists, and America first white supremacists. For example, persons. Wednesday, July 19, 2017, Walter Schaub, Jr., director of the U.S. Office of Government Ethics, will resign, having fought the good fight attempting to scale the wall of lies erected by an unethical White House, while five million families are living with Alzheimer's and far too many Americans living in fear of losing their affordable health care. Places. Saturday, July 8, 2017, Charlottesville, Virginia. Exhumed from its shallow grave, a vastly outnumbered Ku Klux Klan raised its flag 72.1 miles northwest of the Confederate capital to defend a controversial statue of General Robert E. Lee, a West Point graduate who, in April 1861, decided to resign from the American Army and resist it as commander of the Confederate Army of Northern Virginia. Overwhelmingly, Charlottesville citizens and elected officials responded with numerous events around the city of Jefferson's University of Virginia, defining community with informed, educational, and positive fun for all ages, including concerts, historical slideshow talks, and picnics. In the end, however, peace between North and South was broken by police tear gas and the arrest of locals protesting free speech that still celebrates the division of a nation, with limited rural Internet service and congressionally endangered Medicaid. Things. World trade sailing on, royally waving farewell to floundering American ship of state, groping to survive a fake running it aground into past pale prologue, while Globe is warming to Paris agreement to deny denial of climate change changing the foundation on which we stand dependent for life's essentials, like background checks, containment of drug overdoses, substituting conservative tunnel vision with equality of quality education, chiseling in granite, shut down school to prison pipeline, states of depravity and delusion, ignoring the potential killing of America's unique genius for exploration, discovery, and wonder, wandering the unknown, visualizing the unseen, does not excuse choosing ignorance over reason. It is not America's raison d'etre to preserve, protect, and defend party birds of a feather flocking together for three-day work weeks behind closed doors, betraying Lincoln's vision of, by, and for the people. Admittedly, sometimes we've elected leaders of every political persuasion who have publicly praised and privately dialed a dictator for purely selfish international euphoria on the grand orgasmic world stage. But must we continue sleeping with dicks like Nixon and Cheney by electing one so ruthlessly willing to destabilize any plausible pretense of national morality that might still afford our sacred institutions some remnants to claim legitimacy? We are nouns. 
so much more important to the universe than the gluttony for supremacy that favors the nouns of war, hate, envy, jealousy, fear, anger, greed, and violence. Neither suicide nor restoration are solo performances, but rather the ensemble consequence of failing attention must be paid, knowing who to applaud and what to affirm. The good, bad, and ugly truth is it takes only a few to tip the scale, correct or complicit, profit leading those settling for pathetic, or choosing revelation over condemnation. America's current challenging conflict isn't really red versus blue states and less about economic, racial, or sexual preferences on which we've been media-focused for 24-7 filler. The real 21st century American revolution in which we find ourselves is the conflict between right and wrong and knowing the difference. Hunting for political dirt in collusion with foreign enemies wishing only to diminish us is cheating on ourselves and very, very wrong. Collectively, we are many precious nouns, most a cornucopia of potential gravity for the world each an overflowing fountain interrupted only when overlooking both character and characters that determine the qualities life craves for and demands of us all. Like civics with civility, an all-inclusive pact, and replacing undermining political pacts with informed mental clarity of purpose and vision. Living a life that honors all is what keeps America great. Embracing, sharing, and repeating only what is true, noble, just, pure, admirable, and excellent. Because to be praiseworthy, we need only practice what we preach. Thank you. And join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the Donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.